Hello everyone, today on Scottish Memories I am chatting to Karen Bartke. So how are you all? I hope you are all happy and healthy and safe out there wherever you are. Just before we get started, if you haven't already, please remember to hit that like button, hit that uh, subscribe button if you haven't already. It would really genuinely mean the world. And if you are listening out there on podcast, please remember to leave a review five stars if you don't mind that, that that'd, be, that'd be lovely that'd be really nice thanks very much <laughs> uh, but uh, today i am really excited i'm over the moon to be chatting to karen Bartke. karen is a scottish actress who you will recognize from things like monarch of the glen night is day cops and monsters captain lockdown the sandman lost at christmas and of course she is sergeant karen in the scottish sitcom scott squad karen hello how are you I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for sparing the time and coming on and chatting. It it means the world to me. It really, really does. Not at all. I'm delighted to be here. It's um, I'm excited to to chat about all things Scottish. To be honest, it's funny how much we like to chat about Scottish. How 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 proud we are in a little way. They're like, yeah, I'll talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. If you cut me, I bleed iron brew and uh, iron brew chews. And potato scones and and mostly potato and iron based foodstuffs, yeah, which is which is generally what we live on. Really, it, 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 it really really is. Uh, just before we get started, how are you? Are you happy and healthy and well and everything like that? I am. Yeah, um, I I've been disgustingly lucky compared to a lot of other people um, in lockdown in that I uh, share a house with my mum, so I have been able to see my mum, which I know a lot of people haven't, which has been yeah. horrific for loads of people. Um, so I've had company and um, I've been able to find things to do, uh, work, not so much acting work, a little bit of acting work, but um, I've been able to find other jobs that I can do to keep me ticking over. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been very lucky, all things considered. And um, the vaccination programme now is, is on the way. So I'm hoping that soon um, the people that are important to me will be getting the first you know, stab in the arm and then that will yeah. take a bit of a weight off. My yeah, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of at that point as well. Now, my mum's had her letter, which is brilliant, and my dad, who is older than my mum, has not had a letter, uh, but he's been told that he will just get a phone call and say, "Yeah, come in." Well, I was thinking about that this this morning actually, because my mum has had a letter, um, and uh, she's going very soon, but her sister hasn't. But her sister has. Um, we thought we'd get contacted first because yeah. she had to shield the first time round. But I think it's because um, shielded people are being um, contacted directly by their GPs, whereas um, everybody else is being done in categories and going to like the big mass vaccination centres. Yeah. And the GP surgeries are getting their doses um, in smaller but more regular deliveries. So right. what they're doing is they're contacting people as soon as they have, as soon as your dose arrives, I will give you a phone kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I think that's why, in an odd way, my mum's going before her sister, who we thought would be a more, more of a yeah. Thing. It kind of does make sense, I suppose. Like, like I said, my mum has got a letter, and yeah, that that my mum and dad phoned the doctors because they were like, "How have I got a letter?" But he hasn't. Like, it's fine. There's doses arriving on Thursday. They're very, you know, they're arguing that those you should get a phone call if you don't phone us on Friday, and then we should be. And it's so, as long as they know what they're doing, that's absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm I'm putting all my faith in the NHS. I know that these people are killing themselves to get this done. So, I'm I'm quite happy as long as 
as long as I don't get left with one um, family member who crucially never gets a vaccine, then I'm, yeah. you know, I'm quite happy to wait. We've waited this long. <laughs> so yeah, another thing. Like, we've came this far now. It, does, it doesn't really make a difference now, <laughs> does it? Um, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're exactly the same. We're exactly the same. And truth, I mean, I'd, I've been very lucky because, as, as I've told you, we've got a four-month-old. And, and by chance, I've got to spend the time with my wife through the pregnancy. And now the first four months of my yeah. daughter's life, I've got to just be here. Yeah. That's, and, and as much as it's horrible what's going around, on around the world, that's priceless. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I've been very lucky with that. Very, very lucky. So we'll, 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 we're off on a tangent already. We'll dive right in. You're a Glasgow lass, correct me if I'm wrong? I am born and bred and raised and still. Uh, and, I, and still yeah, <laughs> Glasgow is, is where I, I've, I've always lived here um, I, I, do, I do feel very much that this is my home I can't really imagine living anywhere else um, I've lived down in London for periods of work and I'm perfectly happy to be other places when I'm working but I always want to come home and home is here that's nice that's it. I mean, what, I'm, obviously I'm an Edinburgh lad and the two cities yeah. are very very different Um Yes, <laughs> and, and and great. I'm I'm a rare Edinburgh lad that that I love Glasgow. I think it's brilliant, um, possibly because you know I come through for auditions a lot because that's where they are. You know, they're, yeah. they're all through in Glasgow, so I'm through there all the time anyway. So I've I've grown to love the place. But you guys have got a, a humour and a quality about you that we just don't have this end. Yeah, I I, I must admit, um, Edinburgh is very pretty. It's a lovely place to visit, but I don't feel the kind of earthy comfortableness that I feel in Glasgow. Um, for all that there are, there are I'm, I'm not going to lie, there are pockets of Glasgow that I would be very cautious about walking through. I'm not, you know. That's the same as Edinburgh, though. That's, that's the same here as well. <laughs> but um, I, feel, I feel more comfortable here and I feel, I, I mean, some of it's just sheer familiarity. Some of it's just what I know. But yeah, I like the fact that you can you can end up having a random gab with somebody at a bus stop, or in, in fact, you can't avoid having a random gab with somebody <laughs> at a bus stop. To be perfectly honest, or in a shop, or um, you know, I, that I I really like that. It was one of the things I always felt really weird about it in London because I would go into shops. In fact, I, I I'll never forget. I was down in London right for an audition for um, something. And I had arrived first thing in the morning. The audition was in the middle of the day and my mega bus home was at like half 11 at night. So I had just days to kill. And it was quite close to Christmas. So I was wandering about going, oh, I'm going to absorb all the Christmas atmosphere. And I went into Marks and Spencer's to buy like a, a cake or something, just something, just something to do. I'll get this wee cake. And I went up to the checkout and I was like, oh, it's quite cold out, isn't it? And the checkout operator literally looked at me like, I need phone security. Who is this woman? Why is she talking to me? I was like, okay, thanks, bye. Um, you're, you're, you're not wrong, though, because I lived, I, I went to drama school in London, so I was down there for a while. And the the, the whole, um, yeah, the, you're right, there is no gentle banter, I suppose, is probably the nice way to, to, to say it. Do you know, I, I'm not sure. I'll tell you why. 
because I thought that for a while and I do I still when I'm down I, I realize I become more Glaswegian when I'm down in London than I am <laughs> when I'm in Glasgow I speak to more people in London than in Glasgow almost like I'm determined to prove that we're friendly I'll be honest psychologically that may tell people a lot but I'm like no Glasgow people smile at people on the underground so that's what I'm going to do so I'm like mm, <laughs> can. but um when I, I stayed down there for about five months at one point um, when I was working on something and the place that I was staying, you had to walk up the road to get to the train station and there was a, a kind of coffee and bakery place on the way up, um, a chain place. And uh, they did uh, a coffee and a pastry for two quid if you bought it before a certain time of the day, which is like spectacularly good. Yeah. So I, I went in to get a coffee and a pastry. And I'd spent ages thinking about um, going in and what I was going to get. And uh, everybody's really polite in London. They're always they're, they're always perfectly present and civil. They're really polite and they say please and thank you and have a nice day. But it's it's quite formal. It's quite yeah. Oh, it's disconnected. And uh, so I went in and I said hi. I I do like to get a, a coffee and a pastry and um, please. And she went oh okay. What kind of coffee would you like? And I said well latte please. And she said. Um, and what kind of pastry? And I was like, um, probably that apricotty one. And she went, and what what coffee beans do you want? And I was like, I don't know, because I hadn't thought that far. <laughs> and, and the fact that I actually had a spontaneous reaction, I was in the shop for about 10 minutes. She was desperate to have a chat. But I think nobody in London wants to be the person that starts it. Right. That's all it is. It's not that they don't want to talk. They just don't want to talk first. So if you start a conversation, like everybody's everybody joins in. Um, we'll jump in, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more I think I don't think it's that they're not friendly or that they're not personable or that they don't have banter. I think they're just really worried about coming across as pushy if they try right. to talk to you first. That's, some, that's at, at some point one of us should just say to them all, You're allowed to chat. Just give them permission, then all of a sudden they'll just all be like, Hello, how are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? It might be interesting that once all this stops, they might they might just all jump in. They'll be so excited to see people again. They'll be like, yes, that's yeah. how we do it. Absolutely. Just like, oh, God, please, can I speak to someone who's not someone in my household? <laughs> it's funny. I remember when we were chatting there, I remember an old Jason Manford sketch, and he was talking about he had a friend up from London, and they were walking along the route of Hadrian's Wall. They are walking by Hadrian's Wall, and they'd be walking for about an hour or so, and then they see someone in the distance gradually come towards, and then they get to each other, and this guy goes, all right, and Jason goes, all right, and then they walk past, and then his mate from London goes, did you know him? I said, no, just, we're just saying hello. It's just... Just the way it is, just the way it is. Um, so where, where in Glasgow, roughly, did you grow up then? Uh, Bayliston, east end of Glasgow. So um, I uh, came, I went to the house that I lived in straight from the maternity hospital and stayed there until I was in my 30s. Um, and then moved uh, slightly further into the town by about a mile. Um, so I'm still in the suburbs of the east end of Glasgow. Um, so the, the bit that I live in, or the bit that I grew up in, uh, is not that far from Easter House. And not that far from Shettleston, which are two of the areas which obviously people around the world will have heard of because the deprivation index there is quite high. But I lived in this really nice bit in the middle between the two of them where it was actually quite pleasant and um, it had been 
it used to be part of Lanarkshire. It only became part of Glasgow the year I was born, right. which would tell everybody how old I am because all they have to do is Google that and know me. Um, so I was born in 1972. It's a very long time ago. And uh, Bailiston had been part of Lanarkshire up to that point. So it was um, a mining district. Um, and obviously the mines all shut down. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it kind of got absorbed as Glasgow spread out. And, and it was kind of the last place and we were the boundary and the Bailiston interchange was legendary on Radio Clyde for decades because lorries used to overturn all the time so you, you would wake up in the morning and be going a lorry has overturned at the Bailiston interchange I'm like oh what a surprise because it's a great big flyover a really big round flyover yeah. and you take it too fast and just tip over so um, so you would and you could look out my window sometimes and see them and see the cab driver try to like crawl up the other side and get out of the lorry before it fell out in the road below so. I thought you were going to say for a second trying to push his lorry back over <laughs> no 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 um, no I, I mean it was quite hairy because it's quite a, like the, the yeah it's a drop it, and there's the roundabout teach you into the M73 and the M74 but if they tipped over they were they were basically looking at dropping into the M8 yeah. and they there, there, I think there were a couple of them who were sort of going, oh, I don't know if I'm getting out of this, you know, like crawling across the floor in a cab and trying to drape you out the side. So. Yeah, because I have to say, like, when I started to drive through things, the sort of the overpasses and things in Glasgow, since we don't have that this end, it's a bit intimidating at first. And you're right, that that drop there is is scary. Aye. Especially if you're a tipped over lorry, it'd be really scary. I don't fancy it at all. It doesn't look fun <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah but that's so I've always again I think um, the East End probably has quite a reputation well it does have quite a reputation um, as being an area where there's a lot of there was a lot of violence there's um, you know the Barrel gang from uh, Berlanark is quite legendary around the world as one of the, the particularly worrying Glasgow gangs and stuff um, and Easter House and Shettleston, there's a lot of, there, there is a lot of poverty in parts of the East End. There's a lot of poverty everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I've always found it a really comfortable place. I've never felt frightened in the areas that I I know and spend time in. Um, and there's been an awful lot of redevelopment in this area, certainly in the last 20 years. So there's more employment. Um, one of the great things is uh, they opened a big retail park um, called the Fort, Glasgow Fort, um, and the you have to live within, well, no, not all of you, but a proportion of all the staff must live within certain postcode areas to ensure that jobs were available for people from the local area rather than... That's a brilliant idea. It. That was a great you idea. Just think, what a great way of, of bringing an area up, introducing extra employment and, and and you know so absolutely fair play to them people have, have worked really hard to try and bring this area up and and you do see it a lot it's there's a lot more um modern housing and a lot of the housing in easter house and Tranhill and places like that's had uh, been developed and improved so it's you know it's really come up and it's it's a nice friendly place it still feels a bit villagey at times because i i used to work in the local pub um near uh, here and I got into a, a dispute with a, a one of the punters one night because he insisted I wasn't from here. And I was like, I was literally born here. I, well, I wasn't <laughs> born here. I was born in the hospital, but then I came straight here. 
Um, and he insisted I wasn't from here because A, my grandparents weren't from here and B, I pronounced Bayliston wrong. Because if I was really from here, I'd have called it Bayliston. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> it's funny, it's funny those sort of little quirks and those little local quirks of people in it. But it's funny what you started to start to touch on a bit with the, the miners. Uh, when all those sort of things started to shut, the area I grew up on and was very similar to that. It was mm-hmm. a very mining area, um, and I, I, I was born in '76, so it was still very there at the time. You know, where the miners' clubs were the, the miners' clubs, which were the heart of a community, mm-hmm. uh, were all very there. And and my wife's uh, a little bit younger. I remember driving through that area and, and pointing out, going, "Oh, that's the that's the old miners' club," and, and now it's flats. Now it's broken up into flats, which and but that was the heart of the place at one point. That's where mm-hmm. everyone went. And I suppose when we think about it nowadays, because obviously we're going to more greener energy everywhere. If they hadn't been shut down in the eighties and things, they would have been getting it now anyway. Mm. Which is it's it's a, a, not a nice way to look at it anyway. For for everything, communities were devastated by it, but. That sort of thing, it, it did damage it, and it's. It, I think it's taken a while for that to come to to grow back a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You know, because like it's, I'm not the area of Glasgow I'm in is not that far from places like Motherwell, where when the Ravenscraig steelworks shut down, you know, you, that just decimated the, an entire town. Yeah. Because everybody worked at Ravenscraig, and suddenly it wasn't there, and there were no jobs, and so yeah, the changing the changing nature of employment in Scotland and the nature of our society and, and how we're living is it, it makes a huge difference and, and it is harder I think sometimes to have a centre to your community in the way that people yeah. used to. Um, we Having said that I now live in a, a lovely very spam belty middle class area where the bowling club is exceptionally well um, attended. <laughs> And uh, it's a one in one out policy, so you're really, you know, people are checking the obituaries to see if anybody's going, because there will be an opening. Um, so, you know, so um, it, it is still possible for there to be, you know, and the church in this area is also somewhere that's that's still a heart of the community and and the pubs as well. So, which I, I think is one of the reasons why again lockdown's been really hard because people, yeah, the local pub that I worked in, um everybody had a spot not even a seat but like a spot where they stood at the bar yeah. and all the regulars knew that the best way to get served was to learn the barmaid's names because if you knew the barmaid's name you could just be like hey karen karen do you want to get me and people had um had like what they had you know their usual and we were expected to know so there was a like there was one guy called willie two halves because he had a pint but he had it in two half pint glasses because he thought it didn't go flat as fast. So he had to he would get a pint, but he had to put it in two half pint glasses. And there was another guy who always drank the same whiskey, but he had to have exactly two cubes of ice in it. But he wouldn't tell you that. You just had to know. So you the first time you got it wrong, you would just be like. <laughs> and other people would tell you what he was upset about. And you're like, oh my God, okay, sorry. I'll fix it, I'll fix it. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I think I feel like a lot of people in this area are really struggling with the with the pubs being shut at the moment because it was their social hub. Yeah, you know, did, I, I think I think that's what I think. Once we start to get back to normal, 
these places, I mean, the, the, the hospitality in general has been destroyed. It, it really has. But I think these places will maybe start to get that sense of community that they've lost a little bit because people will be wanting to see people. People will be wanting to catch up and say, what have you done? Nothing. I've watched TV for a year. What about you? Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> I grew older and slightly chubbier or yeah. significantly chubbier, depending on how well lockdown's been going for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely got chubbier, but I, th- I think as well as lockdown, a lot of that's been I've needed to eat more for lack of sleep for a four month being in the household. So that, I've got two excuses there. I'm fa- I'm, I'm covered this time. I'm covered this time. <laughs> so growing up, how, how, did you uh, get to explore Scotland on holidays? Was it staycations or was it? Um, yeah, um, we we didn't actually go a huge number of holidays. Um, I have to be honest. Uh, so we spent time air in Butlins. Uh, we went to air, went to Butlins with my gran, uh, Stranraer, Whithorn, went to a caravan in Whithorn. Um, and then I went back to Whithorn uh, when I was at university. I studied archaeology at university and I did a dig at Whithorn two years. Um, so but I was doing, obviously, I, I do background studies on everyone a little bit before, before I, I come on and chat. And when I saw that you'd done archaeology first, I was like, that's a jump archaeology to performing well do you know what funnily enough I, I spoke to somebody a couple of years ago and, and they, something they asked me made me think about it and I was like oh actually I can see why it's similar so the thing about archaeology is you get a limited amount of information because you only get the stuff and how it went into the ground a lot of the time yeah and what you then do is you try and take that and extrapolate it out and figure out how that person must have been living for that to end up in the ground that way and then, but if you're acting, somebody gives you a script and you've only got a limited amount of information because you only know what they say and what other people say around about them. You don't know anything about where they came from beforehand or where they're going afterwards. Or, or, so you're basically doing the same thing in a weird way. Yeah. You're trying to fill out all the rest of the information based on what's in front of you. And it's kind of an archaeology to an extent is an imaginative process because unless unless somebody in the 600s invented movie cameras and we didn't realize and one day we stumble across footage of how people lived it's a guess really it's yeah. an educated guess but it's still a guess um and i think so i see acting in a weird way as being kind of similar to that i'm taking a limited amount of stuff and then trying to fill out the rest of the picture by looking at that information and using my imagination, so that makes sense. That 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 does when you put it like that, it does make total sense. It does make total sense. And I suppose when you're in any sort of archaeology as well, you're probably going to have to make a presentation at some point. You're going to be in front of a crowd. You're going to be talking to them. So the two things, I suppose, marry quite hand in hand in a strange sort of way. Yeah, I think so. And I, it's more just, I suppose, it comes back to kind of a nosiness and a fascination about how other people go about their day, really. Um, yeah. Trying to figure we're, out how We're all a bit nosy, lie. really. So, you know, yeah. we, we, could, we could lie, but we're all a bit nosy, really. Oh, absolutely. I'm wildly nosy. Not as bad as <laughs> my mum, who's just a pure, like, a glaring out the window one. But, a a um, little cart- curtain twitcher. Sort of <laughs> what are you doing, mum? Nothing. I was just wondering what that van was up to. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, no, that's unfair. My poor mother. I'm being very mean. <laughs> But they go back to the holidays things. The, the caravan and, and and the butlins at air is I I think butlins are brilliant. 
it was do you know it was great i particularly it, it was that kind of era where butlins was somewhere that people who couldn't afford to go on expensive holidays could potentially find a way to get to i'm not saying it was cheap but it, it made it accessible for families who who just didn't have the wherewithal to go to spain yeah. um, or anything like that so i i didn't leave the country i never left the uk until i was mid mid to late 20s i think i can't remember but i certainly never went on a foreign holiday when i was young yeah. um but being able to go to butlins for a week with my gran and my cousins and there was tons for us to do and it was a big change it was a big adventure and um we went we used to go to the isle of butte as well because uh my aunt peggy lived there um, and taught old-time country dancing um and she was she lived in this amazing cottage it was beautiful so me and my gran went to steal her and um i i think uh, yeah scottish based holidays for families who weren't um well off were very much the norm when i was young um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or wee day trips. Wee day trips. Yeah. We seem to do that a lot here. Yeah. I don't I don't know why that's in bread bus, but we'll just go, let's just, we'll jump in the car, we'll jump on the train, and we'll go to here during the day. But we do that a lot. Oh, absolutely. Because there's so much that's, I think, in a weird way, because particularly from the Central Belt, there's so many places you could go. You could spend your entire life doing day trips and you probably wouldn't cover it all. And there's there's loads to see. You can get to Fife in under what two hours from Glasgow. Yeah. Um, you can go to you can go all through Ayrshire. You can get down to the borders. You can get halfway up to you can get to Oban in a couple of hours. So you can cover and and there's so much to see. Yeah, it's incredible. The scene. I mean, half an what forty minutes to Loch Lomond. It's incredible the stuff you can see and yeah and all the seasidey towns, Dunoon and. Soul coats and I, I remember <laughs> I was just thinking that. So you've got Soul Coat Stevenson and Ardrossan. And I remember I can't remember which one's in the middle, but I remember driving back and forth and we couldn't find the one in the middle. We were supposed <laughs> to be going to the one in the middle and we just we couldn't find it. We're like, I don't understand. We're, but it was it was like a weird sci-fi thing. We just kept missing it. Because we were going to go to the beach and just walk on the beach and then leave. Um but the yeah, there's there's so much to see. Um really accessible to Glasgow and if you if you have access to a car man you could spend every day I love going me and my mum sometimes go a drive when we're allowed obviously not at the moment uh, down to Ayr there's a place called the Coo Shed in Ayr um, on a farm and it's got a milk vending machine so you get your you've you, you get a glass is that is that not a cow <laughs> no, well yeah um, you don't see that end of it you only right. see the other end when it comes out the machine but like we'll we'll take a drive down here just to get a pint like two pints of milk, come back. You've got a vending machine for like cakes and stuff as well, so you can get cakes too. Um, but uh, that that kind of thing, just, let's just go here and we'll get milk, and then we'll stop and we'll go a walk along the beach, and then we'll come back, and it's half an hour's drive each way, so it's not it's not that kind of exhausting travel to go and see something. Yeah, but it feels like a wee, a wee adventure, a wee dairy. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. We're very, I suppose, I mean, you guys in Glasgow and us here, um, it, it, yeah, okay, they're cities, but we're not world-wise, we're not massive cities. No. It's very, very, very easy for us to be in the heart of Glasgow or Edinburgh, and within 20 minutes to half an hour, we can be in the country. 
Oh yeah, and we, and we can we can explore so many places. So and it, it, we're very lucky, really. We really oh, are hugely, hugely. Um, I know certainly once once I was at university and I got um I got a car, I inherited my granddad's car thanks to my dad's lovely family. Um, and me and my friends used to go just go runs. That was what we did, and we would drive in the middle of the night. We would drive to Largs and just get out and walk about on the beach for a bit and drive back or go to Loch Lomond or Oban or Helensborough or or go to Edinburgh or Fife or and it was just every time you went there was so many different things to see I mean there's stuff like um, there's a place called the Falls of Falish which is off um, the road so you go up towards Loch Lomond and it's maybe an hour's maybe an hour, hour and a half drive. And you go into the car park, go out, and there's these like, these fantastic waterfalls. And you're just like, yeah. look at that. Or Lanark. New Lanark, there's these, I mean, the Falls of Clyde. And it's just beautiful. And, and there's so much. I think the other thing is Glasgow really hangs on to its historic buildings a lot. Um, I think that's, I, a, that's definitely a Scottish thing. We do, we're like, we, we keep it. <laughs> so. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it is. It is a Scottish thing. I'm very conscious of it in Glasgow, and people get really arsy if they're going to knock something down. Yeah. Um, which I think is why so many things mysteriously go on fire eventually. <laughs> 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 That's kind of by the by. Um, but uh, so you can go around. You can go around, and there are just these stunning, beautiful buildings, and uh, and the actual town centre looks lovely because. There are chunks of it that haven't really changed. So you're not yeah. looking at all that modern glass stuff you've actually got. You know, 18th, 19th century terraces and sandstone structures and, and statuary. And it's, it's beautiful. And again, I was really conscious of that down in London. There was, there was tiny, tiny bits where you're like, okay, that's London's history. But they flattened most of it. Yeah. Now, I appreciate the Luftwaffe did some of it, but quite a lot of it's been done since then. Yeah. And yeah, but we, you're right. We hold, we do hold on to it in a good oh, yeah. way. We do, we, we, like, uh, when you get a chance, I obviously, I've only got my experiences here more than I have in Glasgow, but I do love walking around and then you just see a, a, a sign on a building and go, built 17 whatever. And yeah. you're like, like that's, that's, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I remember an Eddie Izzard getting sorry, most of most of my quotes come from other comedians. Uh, but I remember an Eddie Izzard quote when he was doing a, a gig in America. I think he was doing it in San Francisco. Um and uh there were he was talking about them on a refurbishment program. And it's like, we've rebuilt this building to how it looked 50 years ago. And you're like, no, no one was alive then. Really? You're like. 50 know, years ago. Americans like, have only got 200 years of history, so they're really, really possessive about it, to be fair. I remember thinking that watching, like, Time Team did a, an American Time Team thing, and they were digging stuff up that was nearly 100 years ago, and you're like, oh, mate. And they were dead excited. The Americans were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Totally we were, we were, we were, I've been digging uh, stuff up that's 1,000 years old, just, like, last week, and they weren't even putting it, they weren't even being careful with it because there was tons of it. <laughs> we've got yeah, we've I, got a thing on the wall here uh, when we decorated our place here uh not long after we moved in i was scraping the wallpaper in the living room and there was some beautiful pencil 
written on the wall, you know, like everyone does, decorated. It was beautiful joint up calligraphy writing. It was it was lovely handwriting, and it said nineteen eleven. Uh, and and uh, I had to go to question. That's the year before the Titanic sank, on just on the wall in pencil in the house. You know what I mean? And that's just that's lovely. That's over a hundred years ago. That's yeah. fine. It's just it's on my wall. It's under my wallpaper. We did some. We did up in my mum's room, and we found stuff on the wall in pencil. And it was people that had lived here, I think, in the fifties. Yeah. And they had drawn their caravan and stuff that they liked to stay in. And I, I took pictures of it because we, we had to get it plastered over. Um, but because uh, there had been like built-in wardrobes that had been here, you know, when we arrived. And we were getting them replaced. And when we took them down, obviously, the walls were kind of knackered. But that had been behind these beautiful built-in wardrobes. And it was it, it was lovely just thinking that that history is there. And yeah, I know it's yeah. behind paint and plaster now, but I know that it's still there. Yeah, it's there and it's safe and it's locked away. So, you yeah. know, then 50 odd years again, someone else will find it again and get excited about it. It's nice. Someone will find my signature beside the 1911 one as well, and me going, I'm yeah. here as well. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think Scottish people, it's unfair to make sweeping generalizations, but I think we have a real appreciation of history or a, a real affection for our history. Um, I, th- I think it does come to the fact that we have a history that goes back a long, long way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a bit more inbuilt in us a little bit, I think. I think I think so. But then, you know, the rest of the UK has just as much yeah. of, a, of a, a backstory to it. But I, I, think, I think there's more of, is it fair to say that? I'm just assuming that I feel like there's more of a sense of of place and, and connection to our past in Scotland and that people it's quite romanticized, but I think I think people do feel a real connection to what's gone before and people that have gone before and and I think that's why we do hang on to all our historic buildings and uh yeah, because there's just a a, a love of of that feeling of how long we've been in this land and how much of it's still not not known. I mean, like, because there's tons of bits of Scotland I've never seen. Yeah, still, and I've seen a, a lot a way, of it. So, yeah, it's one of the things that I'm really bad for. I re- there's so much I want to see, um, and you know, it's like one minute you're like, "Yeah, we need to get there," and it's two years later, and you're like, "Yeah, we still need to get there." Yeah, but, I've been re- I've been so lucky though because of various jobs that I've done um, I did a, a tour of a play and it was all we did the Highlands so we did tons of little tiny places um, went to the Orkneys, I went to the Orkneys when I was at uni as well um, so I spent time on like really small islands as well as the sort of the main islands um, and then I worked for a company that did a kind of outdoor shows for kids and murder mysteries and stuff and so I went to tons, I went to Muck um, which is the island next to eggs. So you get muck, egg and rum. And we went to muck and did a show for the entire population of muck because there's only 38 people on the island. Um, Brilliant. You know, and uh, I've been up to Lewis and Harris on a different tour and, and spent time up there in, in Stornoway and went to see the Cal- um, Stones and uh, So, and I've, I, I feel really lucky because I've actually seen a lot more of Scotland as a result of my job than I ever, ever would have otherwise, but there's still tons of it left. 
Yeah, because you've kind of you've kind of preempted my question. Because my next question was going to be since you know with your touring and doing plays and things, there are places that make you go, "I love it when we go to there. I love it when I've got a gig that takes me to there." You must have you got a favourite? I, I couldn't actually pick a favourite because there's so many of them. The Orkneys are incredible. Yeah. The Orkneys are really beautiful. Um, I don't know what it is about there. There's a kind of quality to the light that I can't describe, but it just looks, everything looks amazing because the light's just a bit different up there. Um, and it's so, I mean, you could use the word bleak, I suppose, in a way, because there's, because there's like no trees. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just landscape all around about it, but it's stunning. Yeah. And the seas around about it are amazing. Um, uh, when I was on uh, Lewis and Harris, I've, I've been up there a couple of times, and um, that's gorgeous as well. There's a, an incredible beach called Luskintyre on the island of Harris, which is just... Oh, we went there when we were on tour, and I was paddling for about two hours, just walking back and forth along the beach. It was the most peaceful place in the world. Um, it's one well, of those things that it's came up in a few interviews that you would not expect it, but we have got some incredible beaches in Scotland. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Liskin Tires, like they, they use it as a substitute for um, like Thailand and stuff like that when they're filming yeah. adverts. Sometimes it's got this incredible golden sand and the seas, like turquoise, crystal blue. Um, Mull, there's a couple of beaches on the island of Mull that are just stunning. Um, the Devil's Pool Pit, which is like again, it's a kind of a, a little gorge and it's what 40 45 minutes away from here. Um that's that's, that's the one thing as well. That's see. the other good thing we've got as well. It doesn't take us long to get to anywhere. Yeah. You know, as um, opposed to say America, where it takes like days if you want to go across yeah. somewhere where we're we're within four or five hours at the most of anywhere in Scotland. Pretty much. I mean, there's once you get right up to the tip of like the Highlands, that can take you. That's a feral slog. Yeah. Um, but the scenery is incredible. Because when we were doing that Highland tour, um, we went up and down the Great Glen because we were travelling to all these little little places, and the scenery was incredible. Because I was driving the minibus. I was mostly on the tour to drive the minibus. I think. Um, I had about nine lines in the play. Um, but I could drive the bus, so I was like, and I, I, we went, oh, we went everywhere. Um, and it was, there were days when it was, it was just stunning, stunning. Um, and like I said, going to little, little islands, uh, and down in the the borders, the Freesa Galloway is a beautiful part of the world as well. Um, the borders, I think, and, and I'm considering it's it's really close. It's one of these places that kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. You know, it, it, we really only talk about the central belt and then the highlands, and and yeah. and you get Perth and things because you go, well, that's the gateway to the highlands, <laughs> and the borders kind of gets a little bit forgot about, which is a shame because, like you said, it is beautiful, it is stunning, oh, stunning. You know, we've got such gorgeous coastlines, and and I suppose we're really lucky in a way that we haven't overdeveloped. As much of our countryside as we could do. I mean, there's vast tracts of our Gailand Butte, which are are staggeringly beautiful and almost completely empty. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Head's another really nice place. There's a couple of cracking, proper cracking wee um, coffee shops in Lockgilphead and uh, Campbelltown, all down that way, right down into um, into the wee pointy tip bit of the Mullican Tire. Um, 
there's like my cousin's married to, got married in a Campbelltown area because his wife is from Canadale, which is like a really tiny place and just in the bottom of Argyle Butte and it was stunning. It's just gorgeous, these beautiful beaches and there's golf courses and all sorts of stuff. It's, um, yeah, Scotland's a, we forget sometimes. And, and the thing is, we've got loads of great touristy things as well. We've got brilliant museums and we've got tons of theatres and um, so there's loads of other stuff to do sort of city stuff but but if you get when you get out into the country it's proper track of lacking it's just great yeah yeah it really is we're, we are incredibly lucky we really it, it, it's every time i get a chance to talk to someone that it, it's it, 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 the the appreciation we have for the, our own scenery is outstanding because i think we it's we moan about the rain but it's because of it that it looks so stunning. Absolutely. And it has to be said, like, Glasgow on a rainy day doesn't look dreadful, but Glasgow on a sunny day can be really, like, if you get good weather here, it's proper, it's proper good stuff. It's yeah. beautiful. There's days when I get up and I'm just like, oh, looking out the window thinking, you know, and I'm living in a, just in a suburb of the city, but it's, it, it's, it's a pretty place. It can be a really pretty place. But you, but you, you sort of mentioned it as well. But our sky, like uh, the the colours that we get, are sometimes just you'd think it was painted. Yeah, I always wish I could get. I wish I was either a really good painter or I had an amazing camera, because every so often I take pictures of the sky, and it's never it's never the same in the photo as what you're no. seeing in real life. And it's yeah, and and the snow as well. It can be it can be a really pretty place when it snows. For the first month after that, it gets a bit dull. Yeah, we, 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 we get over it very quickly, don't we? We're like, oh, look, it's snow. And then after about two, three days, we're like, right, you're getting in the way now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really nice. Because we were supposed to be getting, uh, right now, the last two days, the weather said, it's going to be really bad snow. It's going to oh, be really, really bad snow. And all we've had is rain for two days. Hasn't even rained here. It's just, it, it's kind of cold, but that's about it. So yeah. the wind's quite cold. It's like that yeah. every morning I get up to to take the dogs a walk, who you might have heard because the postman dared to come to the house a minute ago in the middle of we were chatting, and they don't like the postman. <laughs> um, but uh, every morning I'm, uh, I take the dogs out just before my, before uh, before the little one wakes up. I try to get them out for a wee walk so they can get some uh-huh. attention just for themselves. And the last two days I've been looking out because one of our dogs, Neville, is a uh, is a wired hair dash and crossed with something we don't know. But snow mats to him. It like it it really gets matted to him. And it take even putting him in the bath to try to warm water off takes a while because it just gets matted in there. So the last two days I've been looking out the window going, Oh, it's supposed to be really bad snow. Nope, it's fine. Out we go. Oh my god. Because <laughs> it's just rain, rain, and rain. But it does, like I said, it gives us this incredible greenness and yeah. that just you, that it seemed to be believed, really, I think. Um, the, the, if someone was going to come, sorry, I've jumped on the next question. The, 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 segues are for professionals, so that's fine. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I know. I believe in them. I know, I know. It's a, a fantasy made up by, by people who, with money, the 1%. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, the people, like I, I kind of touched on before, are very lucky with the, the people that watch the channel from all over the world for various reasons. And I've had a lot of questions lately because a lot of people planning on coming to, coming over have had to replan or rebook a couple of times now. So they're, they're getting more time to to plan a bit longer, really, I suppose, is, is the only upside you can kind of go. So if someone's coming over, what would be your top tips? In terms of where to go or in terms anything. of... How to, uh, anything. Anything. If, if, if someone was coming over to, to old Scotty land. Um, hire a car. I think that would be my number one tip, would be to hire a car for at least some of your trip so that you can properly go and explore um outside of the central belt um i would do i would do a mixture so i would do a period of my trip in a city and spend time seeing the stuff in the city um and and do things like do the bus tour uh the bus tour of glasgow is great i've been on it and it's really good and i, I love the bus tours i've done them here as well i think they're brilliant <laughs> and do do like a ghost tour in edinburgh or something uh because they're they're, they're brilliant and you will you'll get to see bits of the city you would never have stumbled across otherwise um so yeah do a do a bus tour or a, a walking tour um hire a car uh go and see at least one of the castles i'm a fan of glams personally i'm very partial to a bit of glams castle or a uh, where else there's, there's actually, there's so many castles. You, you can spend the rest of your life going to castles. Don't go to all of them because that'll be really expensive. But yeah, you can't throw a stone in Scotland without hitting a castle, truthfully. No, but Glam's is Glam's is lovely. I did like Glam's, um, and the grounds were beautiful. Um, probably, I would say try and come not in the depths of winter because it will be very cold. Um, or if you if you are coming in the depths of winter, bring your heavy coat. Yeah. You'd, be, you'd be surprised how many times that the first thing people say is bring a good coat <laughs> no absolutely um, good coat, warm shoes warm waterproof shoes that's good Even to walk in you're staying in the city make sure your shoes are warm and waterproof because your feet yeah. will be cold and wet yeah. um, watch out for the poop on the pavements because some people don't pick up um it's most people haven't tried any kind of deep fried most things. I know it looks like that from abroad, that that's what people do. They don't really. Um, there's there's so much. The the actual foodie side of life in Glasgow and Edinburgh now is really oh, tough. It's, it's like coming on leaps and bounds. Uh -huh. And you're right. We've got a reputation for deep frying everything, but we don't really... I've never eaten a deep fried sweetie of any variety, not just a Mars, but I've never, I've never, I've never seen one in a shop. I've never wanted one. I've never eaten one. Um, I have I've tried one. Eaten. I have tried one, but I only tried it during the first lockdown and I made it here because obviously I couldn't go out to film. So I was <laughs> trying to think of things to sort of do. I said, I will make a deep fried Mars bar. <laughs> so I made one. And you know what? It was okay. I wouldn't do it again, though. No, I, I, I've never really seen the appeal. To be honest, um, I mean, I've I've had I I frequent chippies on occasion, as most people have done during I their life. I have been known to frequent the odd chippy, yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm quite partial to a chip steak, which is is like filth because it's just it's just grease, really. However, grease however, considering you know your your side of the country and my side of the country, I'm going to say chip shop sauce. 
Can't no, no, it's disgusting. It. You're, you're all wrong. No, 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 we're not right. <laughs> you are. You are. It's that's that's not right. No, it it's is just right. salt and vinegar. No, that's see, what that, you have on chips. That's boring. That's just boring. It's chippy it's sauce. Not, chippy. It's not. If you want so, to add brown sauce or tomato sauce or any kind of sauce, you go for your life, but not in not in the vinegar. You get the salt <laughs> and the vinegar, and then you make your own choices about sauce. We we shall agree to disagree. Well, <laughs> otherwise, we otherwise if, if we makes you feel better about being wrong. You go ahead. <laughs> I, I feel we may start a small civil war if we keep going. <laughs> Um, that's another thing. Don't raise the salt and vinegar, salt and sauce. There's a, tip, a top tip. Yeah. Don't have that conversation. Yeah. Um, other top tips. Other top tips. Uh, go to Seaside for fish and chips or go to um, Inverary. There's a really good chip shop in Inverary that's worth stopping at. Go to Inverary Jail. It's good. Um, Inverary Jail is good. It's great. Yeah. Um, go to Kelvin Grove Museum here in Glasgow because there's some fantastic stuff in there proper like just mind-blowingly lovely um and incredible art just beautiful the paintings are amazing um what other top tips top tips top tips um it's mostly practical things i'm thinking of here um don't Pract- practical's good though practical yeah. is a top tip um because at lunch you- with you if you're going in the car just in case are we are we Snacks and stuff in the car is good. Um, watch I, out for I, 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 I try to take back. snacks with me in the car, even if I'm not going on a big drive. I'm not <laughs> <hungry>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, be cautious when you're driving because uh, the roads are quite potholy at the moment. Yeah, if you're bad, coming this they? year, um, do watch out. But uh, equally, um, don't be don't be afraid to sort of smile at people and say hello. And if people say hello to you, they're not they're not up to anything. They're just saying hello. Yeah, um, you'll get a hello back if you say hello to someone. You'll get a hello back, or you'll get a hey. Uh-huh. Yeah. You'll, you'll you'll get something. You'll get an acknowledgement. Absolutely. Um, what other top tips? Um, you know what? While you're, while you're thinking, just you reminded me of a little story. I was wandering along Market Street in Edinburgh, and I saw this couple one day. Um, I think they were American. It's well gone. I can't quite remember. And they had a map. They had a map of Edinburgh, but it was one of these really central Edinburgh, multicoloured, really, you know, proper, almost like, looked like a kid's map. It was that kind of design, and they couldn't figure out where they were. And I just stopped and helped them. And I went, you okay? You look, you look a bit lost. You're, let me show you where you are. And they looked properly confused. They were like, oh, okay, thanks. Because they didn't expect me just to stop and help. It was, it was, they made me laugh, but I could see the general confusion on their face going, because then, then I left. And it was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, don't, don't, let that, don't let that throw you because people will, particularly if you look a wee bit lost or confused, um, you will get people going, you all right, pet? Are you, are you looking for something? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just people being nice. Yeah, do. Yeah, we'll do that. We're, we're nice that way. Um, it's not all like that scene in Trainspotting where you know the, the first day of the Edinburgh Festival and the guy goes to the toilet and they all go in and mug him. Very rarely does that happen. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I like. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up because I know you're you've got a life to get back to. Uh, <laughs> but I like to I like to finish things with what I call it, difficult questions for us Scots. Okay. Okay. So shortbread or tablet? 
short bed. Took him in it, yeah. Took it him in it. It's not. It's not an easy decision, and yeah. I, and I may question my dis, my life choices later. But I'm going to go short bed. <laughs> see, the, 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 I think. See, all of these questions that I've got, I, I love them because it really does, it, it, it makes us have to make a decision, which we don't normally have to make. But a, a tablet, I mean, I love tablet, but it is just hard sugar. Yeah. The thing with tablet is, if it's bad, tablet is rotten. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If it's yeah, badly it's, made tablet. Yeah, it's harder to mess up shortbread. Yeah, and even a bad shortbread you can still enjoy it with a cup of tea. You can you can still be like, oh, it's not the best shortbread, but I'll eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. Whereas but you like might put a, you might put a bad tablet to the side. Oh yeah, if you've had a real honker of a tablet, you would be like, no, I'm not, I'm not putting that in my mouth. That's not happening. <laughs> no. What I've said I've said this before in a couple of interviews. Well, but what I'm loving is because around the world people know shortbread. Around the world people don't know tablet. No. It's just condensed oh, milk and sugar just boiled within an inch of his life, really. I know. But more and more people are like, going, oh, I've got to try tablet now when I come to Scotland. I'm like, yeah, you do. I mean, bring a spare set of teeth because they're going to rot. But yes, yeah, you've got, to, but, you've got to try it. But that's the thing. Well, here's a top tip. Go into coffee shops and if you see the wee Lotus Biscoff things, leave and wait till you see one that's got like a wee tub of tablet. Because they'll give you tablet for free just to have with your coffee. They put two yeah. wee bits on the side and you're like, oh, yum. I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. Um, iron brew or whiskey? Iron brew. I'm very rubbish at drinking and I hate whiskey. Sorry, the, Scotland. The, you know what? I think that it's been a 50-50 split with that one. You'd be surprised. It, it, it's an acquired taste. Whiskey is an acquired taste. It's just burny. It's really burny. I, I'm not I'm not good at that. It's too burny for me. I did I've, only have ju- to- I've only just recently in the past year, year and a half, been trying to learn about whiskey and I, I do mean trying because it, it 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 it's not a drink i've ever really you know indulged in there are I, I i used to work in a pub and they made us taste a whole load of malts like at one point and there were a couple that weren't like horrific there were a couple that i was like well i, I could drink that but it was still <laughs> and once i was on my ninth or tenth i was getting <laughs> No, no, I mean, it was like, I was like, I'm taking a minuscule sip of this because I'm I'm not good at this anyway. But there are some, is it Springbank? I think there's a Springbank single malt that I tried that was actually quite nice. And, but the, the yeah, it's it's a very, very hard taste. So yeah, I would go Iron Brew. Are you one of these people that can taste the difference with the new Iron Brew or can you not tell? No, it's not really. I'm not noticing the difference. Yeah, I can't tell either. So, I think there's a part of me that likes to get the 1909 stuff just because I know it's got a lot of sugar in it. But for the most part, I I, I can't I can't tell the difference really. I feel I, I feel like that makes me worse more worse of a Scots than not liking whiskey. <laughs> Possibly. <Yeah. laughs> I don't uh, know. Square, square sausage or black pudding? Square sausage. I had a square. So- I had a rolling square sausage in my lunch. It was great. <laughs> Love a square sausage. See, a square sausage, I think, is a very Scottish thing. I don't know why, but I think it, that, that, that seems like a very Scottish thing. Did you know, this is, I saw this on, like, a DVD's extras or something, um, in the Star Trek movie, the reboot, um, Simon Pegg's married to a Scottish woman, right? Yeah. Glasgow woman, I think. And uh, in the scene where um, he's just come out of the pipe and everybody's having an argument, he's kind of in the background going, um, I'm quite hungry because I have a sandwich and a towel. 
in one of the takes he said can I have a square sausage and a, a pizza and square sausage and a towel because it's a really Scottish thing and they were like yeah we can't put that in because that sounds like made up science fiction food he's like no it's real food it's actually people eat it in Scotland today and they were like uh, no you can't say that like, phone Scotland phone Scotland and ask them yes. <laughs> we'll all be like yes <laughs> Hello, Scotland speaking. Yes, square sausage. Thank you very much. Haggis, neeps and tatties or mints and tatties? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. See, this is the thing. I'm not here for the easy questions. It kind of depends on the mood. Yeah. It really does. And it also depends who's making the mints. Yeah. You're not wrong there. And, You're really and not wrong. haggis, in fact. Because you can have bad haggis, but you can also have really bad mints if the wrong person have made them. Yeah. Ooh. I think for for argument's sake, you've got to pick someone that you've got to pick a dish that you know is made well by the same person, and then decide from that. I'm going to go mince and tatties, but I won't turn it with it. See, this is the thing. And again, I've mentioned this on a couple of interviews. One of the people that, that, that watched the channel was actually on the Great Bake Off in America. And they reached out and they wanted Scottish recipes. And I mentioned mince and tatties, but um, there's no one recipe. No. Yeah, the only thing you know, because I've seen people not do this and it's horrendous, is please brown the mince. Oh my God! Yeah. Please brown the mince. Don't don't yeah. just sludge it in with water because it's horrific. Yeah. So brown the mince. But after that, you know, there's the question of carrots. There's the question yeah. of onions. Whether you add gravy and is that is that gravy granules, stock cubes? Is it actual meat gravy? Oh my God! It's like an infinite variety. Yeah, yeah, we could be going all day. Is it peas or is it no peas? Yeah, you got to have peas. No, you can't. Have, you, we could, you could go no forever. No peas and mince. You've got to have some. My mum always made peas. No peas in mint. No <laughs> peas. Carrots, but no peas. No. Um, last, but by no means least. Uh, Turning tea cakes or caramel wafers? Again, it's a toughie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go caramel wafer. Car you know what? Tea cakes were winning for a long time, but I feel caramel wafers are taking them over. An occasional tea cake. I'll tell you, this is a true story. So during lockdown, um, I filmed a thing uh, for a series called The End, which is just an online thing. Um, and the character I was playing was eating Tunnock's tea cakes. And I was like, brilliant. So I bought Tunnock's tea cakes. But obviously I had to do more than one take. And see, after yeah. about four, I was like, I, I don't know if I can face one of these for years after this. An individual tea cake on occasion is amazing. But the thing is, I could probably eat a caramel wafer every day, but I, could, I couldn't I could eat a tea cake every day because I'd get sickened of them faster. They yeah. are amazing, though. And the guy who runs the factory, Boyd Tunnock, apparently is a really, really, really nice guy and takes tremendous care of his staff, always did. Yeah, that, I've heard that. And I've heard doing the tour of the factory is incredible, seeing oh, that I just these Tunnock's tea cakes just coming out. It's just supposed to be amazing. Um, but no, I think you're right. When, I was, when you were talking there, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? When I when we buy biscuits for the house, I will quite regularly buy a pack of caramel wafers. And for a treat every now and again, 
I will buy tea cakes. So they I are think amazing. There's no question of it. They're amazing, and you should totally have one. But a box is is four too many. <laughs> well, there's two of us, so it's fine. <laughs> no, I just mean like you know, in a sitting, a box is yeah. four. two. Two is doable, but beyond two is is you start to feel quite sick. Yeah, but I suppose you could munch your way through caramel wafers, a pack of caramel wafers in a day quite Oh, easily. yeah, easy. Quite I easy. don't know why I've put on weight during lockdown, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Karen, this has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for sparing the time and coming on and the two of us starting a new civil war between Edinburgh and Glasgow. It's <laughs> been it's been lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. Lovely to chat to you, sir. Thank you for inviting me. That was great. That was lovely chatting to Karen. She was so much fun that you can probably tell we had a proper laugh there, although I am worried that we may have started a civil war between Glasgow and Edinburgh, but hopefully we can just skim over that a little bit. But uh, Karen, thank you so much for sparing your time. It was really, really great to chat to you. It was a, a, a real, real proper laugh there. Uh, if you enjoyed that, guys, as you know, please remember, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, but keep yourself safe out there. Till next time. Bye humans.